listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Hey, welcome to another special episode of Growing Up Rock's Time Capsule. With me today is Hollywood Pooney. What's up, Sonny? What's up, people? How's it going? And our very special guest, Mr. Jody Have Not. What's up, guys? Happy to be here, man. It's cool to be able to finally talk to you again, Stephen. I talk to Sonny all the time, but I don't get to talk to you that much. I know. So I'm excited. You're getting a reprieve from your uh, Kiss jail cell for the night. <laughs> yeah, free at last. <laughs> your last name needs like an echo. Have not, have not. Have <laughs> I always said, Jody, right. are you a pessimistic guy? Are you a glass half empty kind of guy? Mm, no, I'm more of a realist. <laughs> And I'm definitely a have-not as far as between the haves and the have-nots goes. <laughs> but uh, I think I've told the story before, but the name came from, I used to be in a band called the Have-Nots, and at the time we were really happening, and I decided I was going to be like a Ramon, so I changed my name to that legally. <laughs> so now I'm stuck with Jody Have-Not, even though that band's been broke up for like 10 years or something. That's awesome. That's kind of <laughs> like a bad tattoo where the band or the people get the uh, band names tattooed on their uh, arms and, and it only lasts like an album or something like that. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> the cool thing is I'm known all over, like, especially all over Europe in the punk scene. Everyone knows me as that. And they, you know, there's bands covering my songs over there and the have nots are still pretty well respected, which is cool. But it's just something I did a long time ago. You know, what I, I mean? like it. It's kind of cool. It's definitely, definitely an identity for you. Yeah, it's all right. Cool. So if you don't know who Jody is, Jody is co-host of another uh, podcast called Podcast Rock City, which, of course, uh, our friend and co-host Hollywood Pooney is also a co-host. So I've asked Jody to join us here tonight to talk all things rock and roll and hear his growing up rock story and find out a little bit about him and how he got into music and just talk uh, rock and roll with him. So Jody, we usually start with like, what was your first entry into rock? Like what'd you hear first? What kind of got you to pick up the guitar? Cause we know you're a guitar player. Well, how'd you choose a guitar? That kind of thing. Well, for me, music's been uh, ever since I could, my earliest memories always are tied to music. Like my mom, Loved music, always had records playing in the house, but she was more into like, you know, Elvis, Beatles, Motown, Supremes, all that good shit. So I was pretty much like indoctrinated to all that classic stuff from the late 50s, early 60s, just because that's what my mom listened to. But as far as rock and roll, I mean, you know this, Sonny, but I think one of the first things I ever really saw was 321 Contact with Kiss. And that kind of opened up a whole world for me. And then even though I was like a young Kiss fan, I didn't really have the records and stuff until I turned maybe like 10 or so, a few years later. And actually what did it for me on Kiss was I was listening to this radio station here in St. Louis. They used to do these like uh, like a Friday night fights and they'd like like a battle of two songs, you know, kind of like a Sweet 16 or something. And one evening they had Rock and Roll All Night versus like, I don't know what, I can't even remember, maybe like Thompson Twins or something, you know? And... I was really hoping that the Kiss song would win because at the time it like triggered these memories of me of, as a really young child, you know, I, it was like deja vu hearing rock and roll all night. So long story short, it won, I recorded it the next night and then played rock and roll all night to death until that next weekend when I got my allowance and picked up Dress to Kill. 
was Dressed to Kill your first uh, rock album purchase that you actually purchased? No, it was my first Kiss rock album. I think my first rock album was Diver Down, awesome. believe it or not. Van Halen. Okay. It was like a cassette, I think. Yeah. That. Or maybe... Unless you count like that disco duck. No, because, and, and I don't. That's interesting you say that. And I don't, you know, I know I had like 45s uh, at a much younger age. Like I had Freak Out by Lachic and, and, you know, like Bay City Rollers and, and some other stuff from the early 70s uh, when I was a kid. But, you know, we're talking about preteens at this point. I don't think people right. really. It's not that you don't remember or that you're around music earlier than your teens. It's just I think that when you become a teenager and you start hanging out with other teenagers, that's when music really starts taking a hold of you and taking an effect on your your life, you know, if you're a music fan. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, it becomes a lot more important to you, you know. For me, it started a little bit younger, though, because by the time I was 13, I was already like playing shows, my first band and stuff. So I, I got a little bit of an early start. So so what was your first rock concert then of your teens, let's say of your teens? Um, I think the first really cool rock show that I wanted to go to, like my mom dragged me to a few things when I was a kid. And I, I think I saw Seeger and like, I know I saw Gallagher once. <laughs> These are when I was like you know six seven or something like that but the first one that i really wanted to be at that i saw was a rat on dancing undercover i think it was and they had poison opening and i didn't even know who they were at the time so this was like i think like 86 or something like that yeah that, that seems and, like uh, it would have been right 86 87 somewhere around there yeah yeah because when i was younger and especially when i was like a young guitar player i was pretty much into that metal thing because it had the coolest guitar that i had heard to this point you know what i mean like rat obviously Striper, um, you know, bands like that, the guitar hero type of shit. At the time, I was way into it because I was way into just guitar in general, you know. I eventually grew out of that kind of stuff a little bit. I mean, I still, anything I've ever liked, I still like, so I still like that original Rat, first Rat album and the Out of the Cellar, you know, stuff like that, and I still love Striper and all that. But eventually, as I grew as a musician, I kind of grew out of the whole, like, dudes looking like chicks and all that stuff. <laughs> so what was the first uh, rock song that you learned on guitar? Do you remember that? Mm, Smoke on the Water. I, I actually had learned how to play that before I even had a guitar because I had this neighbor who was a couple years older who played guitar. And, you know, that was just the riff that everyone showed everyone. And then shortly after, I learned, like, Crazy Train. And for some reason, man, for me, as a young kid, my biological father, who I never met, was some type of musician. So for, I don't know if that's why, but for me, I could just, a guitar, I could just play anything, like almost from the get-go, you know, when I first started playing. And uh, that's the kind of like the spark that made me the kind of weirdo I am today. You, and you, <laughs> didn't, jam, uh, you didn't jam at the, uh, the Expo Jam, did you? You know, I, I didn't, and I wish I would have. But at the time, I didn't know what it was going to be like, and I didn't want to... A, I couldn't bring my rig, and I'm kind of particular. i got to have a Les Paul, right. you know what I mean? And I prefer a Marshall. I mean, and the, that's not an excuse, but it is kind of a cop-out. <laughs> uh, 
But I should have played, and I wish I would have it. And if we do it again this coming year, I'm going to bring a rig, and I'm going to rock out at least awesome. something. And is there is there any songs that kind of uh, – any song or band or an album that kind of delivers you right back to a time when you were growing up? Is there anything that kind of hits you in the head and really – ties back to a certain period of time for you oh definitely you know even just modern music a lot of the bands that i listen to still put out records a couple records a year like the new lillingtons just came out i've been listening to them since the early 90s and so just hearing that record instantly i'm transported back 20 years you know what i mean i don't know it's weird for me it seems like a lot of the the kiss guys that i know they pretty much only listen to kiss and 80s hair bands it seems like and i just i can't get i don't understand that because to me, I just kind of, A, that kind of stuff got tired, but at the same time, there was all this other great music, and it's, that kind of music is punk rock. But when people think of punk rock, like they think of these mohawks and safety pins and all this rude, obnoxious shit. But the fact, the reality is, the kind of punk rock that I like is the only music that's modern today that actually rocks, as far as I'm concerned, because it does. It has melodies, it has big guitars, it has catchy choruses. And people that don't know anything about it don't think they don't think that that's how punk rock is. But in reality, that's what's up. Yeah. So I think uh, I think probably and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think punk rock is a lot like metal in the fact that there's all different kinds of degrees of punk rock. So all different kind of genres of punk rock. And I think when people who aren't in the know or who aren't punk rock people hear the word punk rock they think of kind of the raw aggression just kind of noise like maybe um a fear or something like that whereas yeah like the stereotypical yeah whereas that that kind of shit's not like you like the um i i sort of would almost call it like pop punk which has a melody and a chorus and is is probably somewhere Somewhere Absolutely. in the neighborhood of two and a half minute minutes long and is just uh, catchy as hell, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're nailing it. And for me, that's the only like modern rock and roll that I can really li- listen to because otherwise it's like dudes rapping over some riff or it's like, you know, some cookie monster yeah. vocals or it's some, uh, I don't know. Modern rock to me is just all shit, but except for like the modern punk rock. Yeah. I've never heard any modern rock that I've liked that wasn't in this kind of punk rock vein. Yeah, you know, you know it's interesting because I think I find, uh, um, I think I'm one of those uh, optimistic people when it comes to music. I- I'm fairly easy to entertain, and I think I can almost find something good in most most different music, whether it's new or, or old. Now, I prefer the older stuff. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I think that's oh, yeah, I think too. that's just a sign of me becoming older. And you kind of you know you want nostalgia and you want what you know best, which is the stuff that you grew up on. So when I when I hear right. stuff today, uh, it just you know it doesn't it doesn't do the same thing to me. Uh, that hearing the Van Halen for the first time or ACDC for the first time, it's just not the same feeling, right. you know? Well, that's all nostalgia, though, right? I mean, you can't never replace these memories you've built over the years to this music of your past. I mean, yeah, the same way. it's sad. <laughs> I love it, man. I honestly love it because, you know, I'm one of these guys. I'll still put on that first rat or the first faster pussycat or something, and I love it just as much today as ever. But, like, 
there's just so much other music that's come out since then. I don't understand how people only listen to that 80s stuff. I don't I don't get that. Yeah, see, I mean, it's, it's weird to me because, like, okay, so let's say Rat and Faster Pussycat because you just mentioned it. I love Out of the Cellar, but I'm not huge in love with Faster Pussycat at all. And I don't know. I think it was like I really liked Demartini and Piercy's voice was okay. But then I started listening to Pussycat and it's like they don't have Demartini. <laughs> the vocal didn't technically get better, so I can't get into those guys. Yeah, they were like apples and oranges, though, wouldn't you say? I mean, to me, Faster Pussycat's more of like a New York Dolls kind of sleazy, yeah. bluesy rock. And, you know, I like that, too. Yeah. I like just so much different Even music. Faster Pussycat, to me, had pieces of what I would even consider punk at times. I mean, if you listen to oh, yeah. the second record, Wait Me When It's Over, is that the name of it? Some of those songs, I mean, I love that record, uh, but some of those songs had elements of punk in, in there. Um, I wouldn't consider them the same as Rat at all, even close. I mean, I consider Faster Pussycat, you know, rock, glam rock, punk rock, glam, something, you know, just a mixture of all that stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still rock yeah. and roll to me, but. Totally. Yeah, definitely a different kind of band than, like, say, a Rat. You know, Rat was more of a technical, you know, metal band, whereas Faster Pussycat was, like you said, a sleaze, like a sleaze right. rock band. How'd you pick guitar? Was it just the one that made the most noise? Guitar for me was mostly Ace Fairly. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to rip those Ace leads, dude. I really did, and uh, that's why I play Les Pauls. You know, and Kiss was one of those bands that. You know, I could take. I took guitar lessons for about a year, and I pretty much it consisted of me bringing in a, a cassette of whatever Kiss song I wanted to learn, and the guy, this guy Joe, would teach it to me. And uh, pretty soon, I started realizing, well, hell, I can figure these out on my own. You know what I mean? And then quit taking lessons, and the rest uh, I just learned on my own. Yeah, Kiss was it for me, dude, as far as guitar. But my early heroes, as far as lead guitar, obviously Clapton. You know, I like Hendrix, like Jimmy Page, like Ace, really love Slash back on like the Appetite, you know, that version of Slash. Very all the less Paul guys Almost, basically. Except for Clapton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except for Clapton's Clapton. a strat guy, but yeah. yeah, he did play some Les Pauls and a lot of SGs. And, I was thinking you know, the same exact like thing too. I was thinking that when you were saying that. That's funny. I've owned a couple of strats over the years just for different tones, you know, but I'm I de- by default go back to a Les Paul. I gotta have a humbucker. I gotta have some mahogany. I gotta have some sustain. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not mad at you. Those son of a bitches are heavy, but <laughs> I don't know if I want to wear yeah. one of those all night long. Like nine pounds, <laughs> but it's so worth it. I, and it looks the I coolest. I think you basically <laughs> answered one of the next things I was gonna ask you, which is, you know, when you're not listening to Kiss, what are you jamming to? And it sounds like you're jamming to a whole lot of different stuff uh, other than Kiss. It just depends on the day, man. You know what I mean? Whether it's something old, I go in phases. Is that how it is for you guys? Like right now, I'm way into the Beatles again. I've been listening to a lot of Beatles, but only the early Beatles. I'm not one of those guys who likes. I don't like Sgt. Pepper. I don't like the White Album. I don't like Abbey Road. You know what I mean? And I like the Beatles when they before they started doing all this acid. You know what I mean? Like they sounded when they were a rock wow. band. I mean, you couldn't beat. You can't beat that Hard Day's Night stuff. You can't. Yeah. I- yeah, I go in spurts today, because uh, it's seven o'clock here now. 
all day, all I've listened to is Temptations and the Stylistics for some reason. Today Ooh. was like a Motown day. Oh, I love Motown. I yeah. love all that stuff, it too. It's hard for me these days. I mean, Sonny and I, we did an episode on it, Musical ADD, but it's just hard for me to sit down with a complete album and listen to it from front to back these days because usually, I don't know how it is for you guys, but the, the majority of of listening I get to do is in a car. Uh, so whether I'm on my way somewhere or whatever, it's, it's, it's in a car. Um, when I'm at home, I'm usually either doing something on the computer or something that requires me listening to whatever I'm doing. And, and I can't, I can't just play music. I have to pay attention to what I'm doing and things like that when I'm around. So, uh, I just don't get to listen to records uh, as often as I want. And I find myself when I am listening, I'm listening to whatever the new thing is that just came out. Yeah, I'm like that too. I'm always in search of new music because, I mean, that's just how my brain works. I love all kinds of music and I just want more and more and more. It's like my addiction, you know? Who's the, because I don't listen to punk uh, really at all, even some of the modern stuff. And I think what happened to me partly is the bay area was either you know hair metal or it was thrash there wasn't you didn't hear a lot of punk first of all right. and then second i thought all of punk was basically like the clash and the ramones and just like it's so you know it's cool i guess sometimes but i want melody i want guitar solos i want right i right. i don't want 10 minute songs i don't want rhyme of the ancient mariner but i also don't want 50 second songs so no. who are some of like the best punk bands out there right now or some of the modern punk stuff you're listening to oh man i love so many bands but right now i've been listening to this band called rad a lot because they just put out a new record called selfishly titled and uh there are a couple dudes that i know that used to be in this band called spastic hearts their new album is great their new new band called rad though r-a-d-d very poppy very you know killer guitar tones the thing about that kind of punk is there is solos there are harmonies there are killer catchy vocals and the songs are just like little tight little pop gems you know i think you guys would love it if you're into like power pop or even like old school cheap trick you know what well, i mean when yeah. you but, and uh, when you talk about stuff me. like that i mean i i hate to be i hate to be the one that brings this up because uh i don't want people throwing stuff at me or, or uh, uh saying i'm a sellout or any of that stuff but when i hear stuff like that i mean i think instantly green day I mean, they had catchy songs. They they were a punk oh, yeah. band. Uh, people got mad at them, yeah. so they sold out. But come on, some of those tunes they have <laughs> are pretty damn catchy. Oh, yeah. I'm not a Green Day hater. They're not one of my big favorites. I don't really own any. I actually have Kerplunk, I think, one of their early records. But I like them, you know. I like that they, in a time when everyone was kind of like corn, they weren't, you know. And to me, it's closer to what I'm into. The Ramones are like my all-time favorite band, and I know it might not be Sonny's thing, but uh, yeah. to me, they do have melody, and to me, they're the best American band that ever existed. There's a lot of modern punk that you guys would probably really like, because in a lot of ways, it's close to what I liked about some of the actual hair bands that I did like, and do like still. You know, the big choruses, the nice guitars, the the constant rocking, no fucking ballads. Oh, sorry, dude. Sorry about the <laughs> F-bomb. 
Oh, I thought you were apologizing to me about the ballot <laughs> comment. <laughs> That's what Forget I thought, too. Ball. You should apologize to me for the Who ballot cares? comment. Who cares? I told you I didn't care. <laughs> I'm not a, a big fan of ballads. I, I like a ballad when I'm in the mood to hear a ballad, but the kind of music that I'm more interested in listening to is more about rocking out. I don't like this halftime. I want to rock out in 4-4. Yeah. Four, four you know. I'm with you, out. man. So what were your hair bands of choice back in the early to mid eighties? Uh, what what was your, your hard rock and heavy metal bands of choice? Well, actually, as far as hair bands, I liked that first Faster Pussycat record. I liked the first Poison album when I was yeah. a little kid. I thought it was great, and I still like it. There was one called The Zeros. I don't know if you guys ever I, heard of that. I have heard of The Zeros, yeah. I love that album. I still love that album. And there was other guys that had like the knee-high chucks and purple hair and shit. They were cool. My friend uh, Chris turned me on to them back in those days. He's like, dude, you'll love this. It's like a cross between the Ramones and Cheap Trick. I said, yeah, let me check that out. And yeah, I love it. Still, I did like this van- band called Vane. I don't yeah, know if you guys ever heard of it. Yeah. They just put out a new record. I actually have. Yeah, I, I kind of keep up with them on YouTube. I'll do a search sometime and see what they're doing. But I just have the first record. And probably the biggest one for me, I don't know if you could even really put them in a hairband category. There's two. It's actually GNRs. You know, the first GNR was where it was at when I was like in junior high. Yeah. But uh, also Striper, big yeah. Striper fan. Love Striper to this day. Still love That's Striper. Awesome. Anytime they come around, I'm there. That's you know cool. what I mean? Yeah, hey, I was a huge Striper fan myself back in the day. It's because of the guitars, you know. That's what really hooked me. It was this, the same guy that kind of turned me on to guitar that I was telling you guys about earlier. One day he was listening to uh, Soldiers Under Command. He's like, dude, this these guitar players blow Eddie Van Halen away. I said, really? And then he played <laughs> that for me. And I was like, holy smokes. Yes, You know, that's do. another band where I, I think I got into them at a really early stage. I mean, I got that uh, EP on Enigma Middle Blade, the Yellow and Black Attack, before yeah. you know, Hell yeah. with the Devil Classic. and all that other stuff came out. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Big fan of that. But uh, also, at this, I, mean, I was a huge thrash fan. Like, I love old school Metallica, Slayer, you know, Megadeth to a degree. But definitely the old school Metallica was huge with me when I was a kid because, again, thrash was like kind of like punk. It was just fast, aggressive, no makeup, no bullshit. You know. Well, I mean? and you and you named two records: uh, the the first Faster Pussycat and the first Poison. And to me, both of those records for sure have elements of the punk that you just described as being a big fan of. So. Yeah. See, my whole trip is I want my rock and roll to sound like old school rock and roll. Like if you listen to Chuck Berry or, you know, Elvis even and the early Beatles, it all rocks. There's none of this halftime. It's all 4-4 and it all rocks. And that's what I still want out of my music today. I think it all rocks is is another opinionated term, you know, because what rocks to you, somebody else is going to be, are you, you shit me? That's, that's rocking, you know? I mean, so it's just, it's so opinionated and I mean, that's cool. Well, that's why we yeah. love it. Right. Right. But when I say it rocks, I'm talking like the beat, like yeah. I want a four, four beat. That's relatively fast on whatever right. I like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I like songs like, like we always get into the, I stole your love thing on PRC, Sonny. It's because that one is upbeat right. and it rocks. You know what I'm saying? wins you know every saying. sweet 16 <laughs> yeah so i'm a guy that i want my shit kind of fast right. basically 
And unless I'm slow dancing with a lady, I'll take a slow jam. But in that case, I prefer yeah. R&B. Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> Over a power ballad. Yeah, you know I'm 100% I mean? with you there. So, so how did you end up getting into podcasting? Because, I mean, you've been in it for a little while now. Yeah, I've been doing it since I'm coming up on my five-year anniversary here in, uh, in December. But, yeah, what happened for me was uh, I ride the train all the time to work, okay? And when I before I moved where I live now, I used to have to ride the train about an hour and a half to work. So I needed something to listen to. It, it just happened by chance that one day I was searching for Kiss stuff on YouTube and I came across KST, right? I was like, man, these guys are cool. And then I started listening to all their episodes and then I realized that you could get it on my iPod. And then that's how I discovered what podcasts were in general. So it's pretty much all their fault. From KST, I started hearing about Matt Porter and then, you know, uh, Cassius with Creatures of the Net back then, and then podcast, and the whole thing just started. So we just started doing Strange Ways. That is how I got so, my start. So what was that, what was that <laughs> like, uh, learning all those things for the first time? Were you reaching out to people? Where were you getting your information? How did you know, you know how to get started with all that? I just basically followed KST. They were on Podomatic, so was Matt, and uh, said, all we got to do is get on the site and record some audio and upload it. That's all it is, you know? And since D-Rock and I... We've known each other since we were kids, and we have a little studio, and we have all the gear, you know. So I said, all we got to do is record ourselves talking, dude. Let's just have a little, let's get together, party a little bit, and record our dude, conversations. Dude, that's you make that sound so easy, and that's a load of bullshit because it's really not that simplistic. It was, though, for <laughs> me. Like, I just figured all we got to do is talk to each other and record it, and that's pretty much all these guys are doing. I mean basically that's what a podcast is is you're talking to some friends and some people get to listen to it more right? or less yeah but there's it's a little bit more involved with that i mean i did a lot of research before getting started and once you get up and running it's it's all good but you know i i researched it for a bit it's not like you can put a tape recorder out there record it and then all of a sudden it's a podcast right there's it's a little no. bit well i knew that We'd have to have good audio, but see, we got we have a studio with 24 yeah. tracks. So I said, oh, we need two mics and uh, two tracks. and uh. Right. So basically, me and D-Rock got our party on and hit record. And a lot of our first episodes are absolutely brutal, though, man. I, I think I've taken most of them off just because we didn't know what we were doing. You know what I mean? So you're right. It was the idea of all you got to do is record yourself talking, and that's your podcast. You know, I didn't even edit the first, like, I didn't even know how to edit yet. So the first like 10 strange ways, there's no editing. That's why they're absolutely So what brutal. is your take on all the, because there's, there's more and more music podcast coming out, uh, every day. And there's, there's an abundance of music podcasts. Grown up rock is one awesome. of them, but what's your take on that? Because I know some people that I think feel a little bit differently, right? Some of the guys that have been doing it for a long time, maybe, feel a little threatened or or don't like the the added competition i guess if you if you will <laughs> i think it's super cool because i i'm a i'm a listener of podcasts so if there's more then i have more things to choose from you know what i'm saying because you can find a podcast about just about anything you're interested sure. in you know and i do think that in the last in the last couple of years especially it seems like like the whole podcast thing has been growing it's like people are finally understanding what it is I used to be one of those people. I never even knew what a podcast was. I heard people talk about them, but I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like 
maybe some type of internet radio or something. I, didn't, I had no idea. But I think as it as it goes and grows, I think people are starting to realize that this is a cool medium and you can do whatever you want with no censorship, no commercials unless you put them there. And you can do anything you want, anything that you're passionate about. And then if you get listeners, it's even better because it's like, wow, there's other people that are share the same passion. Right you know on. what I mean? It's great. I love it. I love doing a podcast. And I get to talk to cool people every yeah, week. Yeah, man. You know, like every Sunday, I know that I'm going to talk to Sonny. We may not talk that much during the week, like I might send a message here or there or something, but I know that every Sunday I get to talk to Joe and Sonny, and it's cool. I love it. Where did your um, your fear of boats come into play? <laughs> <laughs> and is it just a fear of big boats or small ones too? <laughs> no, I'm not afraid of boats per se, but I just don't. I, as far as like my thing about the Kiss Cruise, I don't want to go out in the ocean so far that I can't see land. I just, I don't, I don't like the ocean like that. I don't like all the weird creatures in the ocean, and I just don't. And it's not only just that. That's kind of like part a big part of it. But the, the other part about the Kiss Cruise is like, yes, I'm a Kiss freak. Okay, I love Kiss, but they're not like the be all end all for me. They're not my favorite band, and even though they're way up there, you know, love them. Love talking about them. And Kiss is a band that I've been listening to since I was, you know, four or five years old. And so they're just a part of my life. But I don't know if I want to go and be on a boat for however many days with a bunch of Kiss dudes strictly because I don't want to burn out on something that I love that much. And I think five days of it with no escape might burn me out a little bit. So what if they created a Monsters of Punk festival cruise and had 10 to 20 of your favorite punk bands on it? Would you go then? (laughs) No, definitely not. (laughs) The thing about punk rock is it's such a local thing. You know what I mean? Like I can go down the street almost any night of the week and see a national act that I love and I'm friends with. You know what I mean? For five bucks. I, I hardly ever go to like an arena show unless it's Kiss. So we're not getting you on a boat anytime soon, and we're sure as hell not getting you to go scuba diving with us anytime soon. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> D-Rock and I have scuba dived in this huge Olympic-sized pool. That was fun and safe. <laughs> and no critters. <laughs> fun and safe. No critters yet. <laughs> that's, a, that's a southern thing so, for you two guys, in case you don't yeah. know. <laughs> Leading into this, have you had have you had any brushes with greatness uh, where where you've met oh, people yeah. and what was that like? See, I started playing guitar at like nine, so by thirteen I was playing shows, and by the time I was even nineteen, I was playing shows with like we played with big bands like Great White, Motley Crue, LA Guns, all these kind of right. bands, right? But the absolute my the coolest thing rock and roll wise that I can lay, that I can lay claim to is. My band back in, I think it was 94, we backed Chuck Berry at Blueberry Hill here in St. Louis because he he just gets a pickup band when he plays a gig. And uh, our booking agent gave us a call and said, you guys want to back Chuck Berry? I said, hell yes, we want to back Chuck Berry. Because everyone knows those 145s are really nice. easy to play. <laughs> so yeah, I got to play. I backed Chuck Berry. I was on stage with Chuck Berry for a whole set. He gave me 12 bars doing Johnny Be Good. I ripped. He liked it and smiled, and uh, yeah, I played with Chuck Berry. Did you meet him? And what oh, yeah. was he like? Yeah, a little dismissive, to be yeah. honest with you. I think he was more interested in the ladies. He said that we, uh, you know, we did fine. He wasn't like heaping praise on us, but he didn't say we sucked. He said we were fine, and he went about his day. <laughs> but we shared a lot of smiles that night on stage and shit. I was kind of in awe because I'm old, you know. I like I said, I've listened to all rock. Rock and roll, going all the way back to yeah. Elvis, you know. So 
he's a legend in my mind, even back then. So for sure, yeah, I played with Chuck Berry. So cool. Anything else cool? Oh yeah, well, there's all kinds. A lot of them are probably too filthy to tell you guys, but uh, <laughs> those are the kind we want to oh, hear. Yeah. Shit, it's Jody, goddamn it, quit holding <laughs> out on us. Uh, I could tell you that when we played with LA Guns, I almost got thrown out of the show even before we started because Tracy Guns and I were upstairs in this uh, office doing lines nice. <laughs> in the '90s. Yeah. <laughs> Long time ago. I don't do such things these days, but I was a wild kid, dude. I'll tell you. Rock and roll lifestyle. That's what I'm talking about. I think I was like 19 when I opened for Motley Crue in front of like 12,000 people. Same with Great White, except there was probably more people there for that, maybe 15. And how did that come about? How did those uh, uh, type gigs happen? Dude, my band at the time was just happening. Our booking agent just would get us all these great gigs all the time. They had uh, all of those big shows like that, though, like the uh, Great White and Motley Crue and 38 Special. Those were all, there's this thing called like Alton River Fest they do every summer for 4th of July, and they always bring in national acts. Mm-hmm. At the time, all those guys, grunge hadn't quite killed them yet, you know what I mean? So every year she would give us the call of, do we want to play with Great White? Yes. Do we want to play with Molly? Yeah. Hell yeah. We want to play with Molly Crew. Who doesn't? So I was lucky in that respect that I got to play, you know, huge rock shows when I was still a teenager. And, you know, sometimes I look back on it because I don't really do a band these days. But uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, if I died today, at least I still got to do many of the dreams that I always had as a young child, you know. Always wanted to play big shows. Always wanted to, you know, feel that rock star vibe, at least for, you know, a couple hours here or there, you know. And I was able to do that, even though it was a long time ago. It still right on. Still happened. It was still super cool. You know, all past that, in my 20s, toured all around America and punk bands and vans and slept on all kinds of floors with just about any band you could name, you know, as far as punk rock guys go. How did the have-nots get created, and how long were they together, and why aren't they around anymore? Have-nots, um, the drummer Noel and I were in a couple other bands. Same, he actually played those same Motley Crue and uh, Great Y shows with me, too, so he's been around. We've been go, we go way back. But uh, uh, have-nots were just born out of a different band that he and I were in called the Vagetarians that broke up because this chick Sonia, our singer... <laughs> like this punk rock chick we never really could hear her during like practices right (laughs) so we finally just i brought my little four track into a practice and just recorded the songs that we'd written just to you know see where we were at and it was the first time i ever heard her vocals and i wrote all the music i wrote all the songs basically and she wrote her lyrics but it was the first time i heard her lyrics and she's singing all these songs about like cutting people's junk off and (laughs) Like, just the most rude, obnoxious song. So after a while, we we dropped her, and we, we started up the have-nots. And um, we had Paige from Sleepy Kitty was our first bass player. And uh, she's now, like, becoming famous, which is really cool. You can look her up on YouTube if you want, Sleepy Kitty. She's like a, a Marilyn Monroe of noise rock. She's pretty, pretty cool. One of my old students, believe it or not, I taught her how to play. And... Uh, have not just we did our thing we toured all around we made a couple records and i don't know man you know i was getting older my kid i had a kid which slowed me way down but uh the main thing was we, we were on tour with this band the queers who are like a legendary punk band have been around since the 80s you know to us this was big shit hey we're going on tour with the queers you know what i'm saying 
come to find out that not only we were sleeping on floors, but they were sleeping on floors. I'm like, oh my God, this legendary band, and they're still sleeping on floors? And I kind of came to this realization that the kind of music that we played, even though there's a lot of people all around the world who like it, you're never going to make any money. You know what I'm saying? And we never did. And eventually I just had to make money and I just do different things now. Yeah. <laughs> so long story short, I got to get paid. Don't dude. we all? <laughs> I, can't, I can't be in a van sleeping on floors now that I'm 40. You know, it's just, I can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I've had so many fun in stories of so many cool people river. all across the country of just, you know, places we would crash and shit like that and clubs and bands that we've met and played with. But at the end of the day, man, you can't make money playing that kind of music. So, and that's the kind of music that I play. So, you know, now I'm a DJ and I make way more money, even though I have to play a bunch of songs that I can't fucking stand. <laughs> but that's happening to rock guys too now, because it's uh, what the, the guy from the Biters. Is it Tuck? Right. Is that his name? Yeah, because he was saying the same thing. He was on one, an interview, and uh, I know we interviewed yeah. him too, but he was talking about us like, okay, this is cool, and I'm glad people like us, and we've released a couple of albums, and we're doing well. But sooner or later, we got to get bigger than like driving in a van. Otherwise, I can't do this forever. Right. At some point, you got to get paid. It's just the it's it's a fun dream to try to live that way. But you got to be able to support yourself and your family. And yeah. playing that kind of music, you can't. And I feel sorry for even bands, the bigger bands, bands that like are still out there today that are from the '80s. So you got to have other avenues. And being a DJ is a super easy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds a lot like it i mean it sounds i i basically i'm i'm right there with you i mean i did the same thing just on the opposite side so i mean i was a tour manager and uh on the road all the time in vans and trailers and and did it for a long time and made enough to survive but you know at some point you get too old and you have to support yourself and you can't think hey i'm not going to be on the road when i'm 70 or 80 years old still living paycheck to paycheck for me and right uh, so it's the same thing you gotta you gotta do something to get paid because that's how we survive right yeah it was all good like we could get by on the road but then when you come home you don't have a job and it's hard to keep a job because you know you're going to just leave in a month or two and go back out on tour I mean, that's why you see, that's why you see so many guys, um, a lot of the musicians I know today, they, they have three or four jobs, but one of those main jobs is that they drive for Lyft and Uber because, you know, they can kind of come and go as they please. And they know they can go out on the road for two months and come home and drive for a month if they have to. That is a good idea, actually. (laughs) You guys want to start a band? Let's go on the road. <laughs> yeah. Let's go on the road. But then I've, I've met podcasters lately. I've met a pharmacist. I've met somebody who sells dental equipment. Uh, somebody who works in a hospital that's, uh, he's like King Cheese at the hospital he works at. Um, so there's like professional people doing like this podcasting thing just as a complete hobby, which is really crazy. Well, for sure. Because, I mean, it's. Uh, they're getting paid, but they are like us and they're music fans and, and they know that you're not going to make a whole bunch of money doing this, obviously. So, uh, yeah. you know, so it, not a cent. Yeah, it allows them an outlet. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, it's a nice thing. Yeah. But it's one of those things we do because we love it and it's fun, you yeah. know, 
it's like people like us and like you and like any podcaster, you, you have this passion to talk about. It's mostly music, you know. I think it's healthy and beautiful, you know. It's great. It gives you an outlet to talk about something you really love to other people that love the same thing. It's great. For sure. Well, what what stories did what rock and roll stories did we not get out of you that we want to get out of you? I'm sure you have tons, but I don't want to. <laughs> oh God, there's there's. So I don't want to shortchange you, Jody. No, there's there's a lot of crazy shit that's happened to me over the years. I don't know if you guys ever heard the Veronicas. You you listen to them at all? You heard I've of heard, them? I've bit, heard of them. Bit. Yeah. I'll just say that I I know Jess Veronica really really well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to like super well, like from the inside out. I'll have to, I'll have to look at her and post her and I'm sure that Amber will never listen to this. That's what I was kind of like, uh, wish. Yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) She, I mean, she knows, but she doesn't like to hear about it. Obviously. Where was the coolest place you've played? Like what was the coolest club or coolest gig? Uh, probably CBs, CBGBs back in the day. Oh, wow. Legend, legendary. If you're, Someone like me, you know, that's kind of ground zero. So, yeah, that's pretty much the standard answer. But, yeah, I don't know. That's probably the coolest thing venue-wise, unless you count, like, those big venues where, you know, like the Motley thing. That was an outdoor show in, like, a huge amphitheater. I I never thought I'd play on a stage that big. But, yeah, that was kind of cool. I don't know, man. I, I always kick around the idea of trying to do another band, but it's like, the last band that I was in, the Haddonfields, they're still going strong. So almost every show I go to, they're there playing. And it's like, man, should I do this again? And I keep thinking about it, but I just really don't have the time for it. Between doing two podcasts a week, you know, and my work and my life on the side, you know, it's like I really don't have time to be in a band anymore. But I, I so want to be. That's why next year at a podcast uh, convention, I'm, I'm jamming with as many people as I can. If it happens, you think it's going to happen? I thought there was. Oh, I yeah. think so. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I talked to Chris the other day because I was, well, I was messaging with him back and forth, and I was telling him about maybe we should do it in September. And he goes, you know what? Actually, I was thinking about doing it earlier because you know kids were going back to school when we did it in August, and and so he, I think he's thinking June, July-ish, somewhere in there. But he's all over it. This definitely happening again. That's cool. Is it gonna? Is he gonna invite all the same people plus some more, or is it gonna be like we're not gonna get an invite? What's going on? <laughs> oh, I, I that part I don't know, because I was thinking I'm like, if you're solid, you're gonna do it, and if you got a date, they should start, you know, whatever GoFundMe or whatever we're gonna do, start it as soon as you can, so you got as much time as you want to have. Right, that way it won't be the big stress at the end like it was for yeah. Chris this past time. Yeah, I, I would want everyone that was there last time. Plus some other shows, too, you know, like it'll never be recreated the first one. But I would love to have everyone that was there the first one because that was great. But also some other shows that couldn't make it, you know, KST being one of them. I would love to hang out with those dudes. Who's that? Just, you know, who's that? uh, History Science Theater, KST. Yeah, Yeah, I love that show. It's still probably my favorite podcast. Definitely my favorite KISS podcast. Awesome. So you're going to do like them and maybe venture away from just a kiss podcast and do something else well i always used to do i used to do rock and roll radio i don't know if you ever heard that one i think there's like maybe 20 of those out there somewhere but i'm thinking about bringing it back because you know it's just another thing there's so much great new music i'm thinking about just doing a rock and roll radio that's only new music because there's so much great new music out there and maybe it'll turn some people on to some shit you right. know some stuff rather very cool yeah that's cool like i would have never heard of rad 
I mean, I'm going to go check them out. But with all the music podcasts that are out there, unless I'm missing something, there isn't anybody doing anything with either new pop or new power pop or whether you want to call it power punk or pretty much all the music podcasts I listen to are found that are pretty much rock podcasts. Right. There's a couple of punk rock ones, but I haven't heard one that's really they play like the the kind of punk rock that I don't like. You know what I mean? Like there's. I don't like all that mohawks. I don't like the fashion of it all. Like the kind of punk I like, there is no real fashion other than maybe a leather jacket, you know, Ramon's yeah. style. <laughs> but that's about it. It shouldn't be about some fashion or a look. It should be about the songs. And I want harmonies. Like I want guitar solos. I want killer drums and vocals. You right. know. Yeah. So the kind of like stuff I like has all of that. So, and some people say that's not really punk, but it Were is. Were you a Blink One Eighty Two fan at all? Not so much. No. But, you know, at the time, there's a lot of bands that are like radio bands that kind of cash in on the kind of music that I like, but they're not really authentic, I guess you would say. But even though at the same time, they had some songs that I liked. But the the main part for me with a lot of like music like that was in those times, I was still a, a teacher. So I was teaching guitar and bass and drums and shit at a music store, you know, and I did that for like 10 years. So like all day long, whatever bands are like really popular, it's like every half hour, a new kid wants to learn the same damn song. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's, it's pretty easy to burn out on something like Blink-182, Green Day, you know, and then it became oh, every kid wanted to learn Corn and, you know, Limp Biscuit, right. And then it was like, you know, whatever else was next, whatever the new trend was. And uh, it's, it's, you know, pretty conducive to make you hate a lot of rock and roll if you teach it all day long, you know, the same song over and over. Sure. So yeah, not a big fan of those guys. So do you are you a downloader, a streamer, or do you still buy physical product, or do you do all of the above? Which, which I do? do all the yeah. above. If I can get uh, most of the records I buy, if I can, they usually offer vinyl with a download code, and that's what I usually do because it's the same price, and you get the, you know you get you get it on your iTunes, but you also get the physical copy. Right. So yeah. So sometimes you never know with new music what you're going to get. But I still am one of those guys. I want new music. And if I can get the physical product, that's what I do. But some stuff, you know, some of the bands aren't even on iTunes. You know what I mean? So you got to go to Bandcamp or you got to just find it elsewhere, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Sonny and I uh, just finished up an episode uh, where we were detailing our our dream festivals. What would your dream festival be if you had? Yeah, he was telling me about how that. to create it. My dream Ten festival bands. would be all over the map. Yeah, dude, I would want I would want big bands, little bands, all types of bands. I think the headliner for me would probably obviously be Kiss. Maybe, maybe not Kiss. Maybe Gene Simmons band with Ace, and maybe bring up. I don't know what I would do. But if I had the money to pay all these bands, they would do what I wanted them to, right? right? <laughs> so, but I would have all kinds of bands. I would want to see. Uh, I'd bring the Ramones back from the dead somehow. <laughs> I definitely have Screeching Weasel on the bill. Probably the Lillingtons, Masked Intruder, one of my all-time favorites of as far as modern bands. Though that's a band you guys should both check out, Masked Intruder. You would love it, man. It's like the sugary, sweet, evil pop. It's so great. Killer guitars, killer harmonies, killer solos, killer drums. So if you haven't heard them, go check them out, dude. I would have them. I would have The Descendants, another band that I've been listening to since the 80s that kind of were a gateway for me because they were the first like punk band I really heard besides the Ramones. And they have guitar solos and everything else that I just mentioned that I love and every kind of music that I love. 
I would probably have Striper on the bill. I don't know. Just whoever I felt like seeing, you know, it wouldn't be all punk. It wouldn't be all rock. It would be mixture all over the map. If you had, bring in Soul Station. if you had to build the Ramones up from the ground up and, and uh, put them on the road again, who would you put in that band? You can't replace any of those dudes. Oh, well, you're not really. replacing them. You're just continuing the tradition. So who would you build that band with noted mm. musicians out there? I would keep Marky since he's still alive, put him on the drums. I would probably play guitar just because <laughs> it would be like a dream. I'd put CJ on bass since he's still alive. And as far as vocals, I don't know who could do it. I mean, I don't know who could be a, a replacement for Joey. I'm not real sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's some guys out there that would I don't know. Jump I've never heard it. anyone. Yeah, anyone would love to be like that, but I don't think anyone could really do it. Yeah. So are you are you good with arts and crafts at all? <laughs> Slightly, I guess. <laughs> I got a bunch of rock and roll, cool rock and roll stickers. What should I do with them? Mine always end up either on my guitar case, and I have this acoustic that is covered with freaking all the stickers that I end up getting. I got even a bunch of podcast stickers on there now. It's pretty cool. That's what I would I gotta do. Fi- Maybe the I got to find some kind of a cool way to display all these cool rock and roll stickers. I bought this Kiss shirt, and I got like, uh, two or three different Destroyer and Kiss logo stickers with the shirt. <laughs> right. I got a shit ton on my fridge, too, so that's always a good spot. See, that's all stuff <laughs> I can't do. I, ha- I have a responsibility. I have to find a way to build it so it doesn't mess up my car or my house. I hear you. Luckily, Amber doesn't mind me. Our fridge looks like a walking advertisement for all these bands and podcasts. But she doesn't mind, so I got lucky in that respect. Sonny, you got any ideas on what I can do with all these stickers? What about your trapper keeper? (laughs) What you trapper keeper? We said peachy yesterday, and now you talk about or last week, (laughs) and now you talk about trapper keepers. Nobody knows what the hell these things are. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Uh, Sell them on eBay, man. I don't want to sell them. I want them. them. You want to keep them? I do want to keep them. I used to have like my old like entertainment center. I used to have those glass doors, you know, and I used to put stickers on there. It was like, a good spot, I thought. I had to find. Don't something. have that anymore. Though. I had to find something to do. You got some stuff you want to plug? I would say you know check Sonny and I out on Podcast Rock City. We drop an episode every Monday on uh, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find us, and uh, we also do a radio show on Wednesdays. Uh, kgfrocks.com and also keep an eye out for my other podcast that's coming back I'm making a comeback it's called Rock and Roll Radio just a bunch of killer music and talk and whatever I feel like doing that day so it's going to be cool these guys I'm going to actually have on there too we'll definitely uh, tell people once you get that up and running we'd love to come on that for sure Okay, yeah, we'll talk some more rock and roll. Sweet. Uh, well so pick a pick a kick ass uh, rock and roll song to play us out you know what? I'm going to do uh, one that's going to make Sonny really happy here. And it's going to be some Striper, but I can't figure out which one I want to do. But how about a little bit of, uh, let's hear uh, Reach Out. I love that song. You like that oh, song? Oh, yeah. Re- killer drum break at the end, too. And, of course, the killer guitars and Michael's vocals, always stellar. Reach Out, rock and roll from Striper. All right. Anything else, Jody? 
No, I would just say thanks so much for having me on, guys. It was great to talk to you again, too, Stephen. And Sonny, I'll talk to you all the time from now until eternity. Sweet. Every Sunday. All right. It's a blast. Thank you, Grown Up Rock listeners. Thank you, Jody. Have not. Thank you, Hollywood Pony. This is Stephen Michael, and we are out of here. Love, Striper. Jam it.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 